welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast presented by First Federal. It's Thursday, September 8th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Chiefs Week is here, and we've got much ground to cover. Beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell joined columnists Sam McDowell and Vahe Gorian in discussing the upcoming season that begins Sunday with the game at the Arizona Cardinals. Where do we think the Chiefs got better or worse from last year? Why has Andy Reid fared so well in openers? What might be some early reason clues about the team's fortunes? We ask and attempt to answer all of those questions on today's show. Plus, we each give our predicted victory total at the end. The show started as a sports beat live. Catch us on that show, by the way. When the Chiefs play on Sunday or Monday, we air Thursdays at 10 a.m. The week, uh, next week, of course, is the exception. The Chiefs play Thursday, so we'll air Wednesday at 10 a.m. And as always, we'll have a live show about two hours after the end of each game. Okay, let's get started. Good morning from Kansas City. Welcome to Sportsbeat Live, our first Chiefs regular season show presented by First Federal Bank. This is the show where we talk Kansas City Chiefs with folks in the media who know them best and with you. Send us your questions and comments and talk Chiefs with Herbie T.O.P. and Jesse Newell, the beat writers, and columnists Sam McDowell and Vahe Gregorian. It's great to see all you guys. Uh, gosh, it's been since training camp um, in St. Joe just uh, just a few weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, we're going to do this. The plan is to do it every Thursday except for next week because the Chiefs play on Thursday. So next week we'll do it on Wednesday and but every week throughout the season and after Chiefs game. So you'll hear from us on Sunday um, after the Chiefs play the Arizona Cardinals. So, yes, uh, 3.30 game or 3.25. I don't know what the official start time is, but it's uh, the afternoon window on, on uh, CBS, Chiefs versus the Cardinals. And so the first question, I'll get the, the ball rolling here with the first question, and we'll uh, – uh, we'll, we'll send it Sam McDowell's way. Sam, what, Chiefs have won seven straight opening games and eight of nine under Andy Reid. What is it about the, an Andy Reid coach team, maybe this, in addition to being very talented, that allows them to get off to such great starts? Well, I do think Andy Reid runs a unique training camp in comparison to the rest of the league. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster gave us a glimpse of that when he said the first day was the hardest day of training camp he'd ever had. And then Andy Reid walked to the podium and told us that, um, you know, it was just a light day that was going to get tougher over the next week. So I think there's something to the way he still does a little bit old school. You know, I mean, um, we all heard his answer when he was asked why he does it old school. You know, he still believes in specific drills that some other teams have eliminated. Obviously, the Chiefs still go to St. Joe. They feel like they have a bonding experience. The intriguing part of this matchup is the Cardinals are really good early in the season in comparison to the latter half of the season as well. So you kind of have two storms here that, you know, I know the Cardinals were without DeAndre Hopkins. I'm sure we'll get into that. But you've got two teams that, that sort, sort of fit this description of that, that play well in September under their current head coaches. Yeah. Look, the, yeah, look, the, the chiefs are very good. And I think we, we say at every training camp, it's just a, a unique time uh, for the chiefs. They, they do put in a lot of work and effort into, um, in, into their training camp. Fahey, what do you think? 
Uh, I really just wanted to augment a point Sam McDowell made and, and um, cue people to his season preview in which he forecasts the Chiefs being 12 and 5. Part of that is the connection between Andy Reid and openers and, and bye weeks, right? The extra amount to prepare. And I just wanted to cite the stat that Sam brought up that Andy is, uh, what did you use? 737 and 1 um, in, in games after the bye week. That's my whole reason for jumping in. Took me a long time to uh, to track all those 738 games. Yeah. Hey, um, we often it, it, this, because this is the first week and mistakes get made during the first week. We like to start with injuries. I was so excited though about the uh, the Andy Reid opening question, but uh, but Herbie, Chiefs don't have much on the injury front going on this week, do they? Um, and they are. Um, pretty pretty darn healthy it's it's arizona that maybe uh, we need to get an injury report from <laughs> yeah that that injury report in arizona is probably about three pages long and essentially everyone is day to day it reminds me of the days of bill belichick where he would list everyone as questionable leading into the game all game and ship we'll see what happens on friday when they actually have to assign game day designations but for the chiefs they are relatively healthy you only had four players listed on Wednesday's injury report. You know, it was Juju Smith-Schuster with the knee, Trey Smith with the shoulder, Deion Bush with a foot, and then Malik Herring with a stomach injury. But they all practiced fully, and Juju Smith-Schuster talked to us yesterday for the first time since July the 29th, uh, and he gave himself a full bill of health saying, my knee is fully healthy. He dealt with some knee soreness in the month of August, did not play in two preseason games. But the Chiefs are entering this game with a full bill of health. Barring a setback, all four of those players should be available. Okay. And for Arizona, we don't know about DeAndre Hopkins, right? Oh, we know him, right? He, he's out. He's suspended and will miss the first six weeks. But, uh, uh, you know, Ertz and uh, Watts. J.J. You know, Watt, yeah. yeah. Showing up on the, on the injury report. Yeah, they, and, and Cliff Kingsbury said yesterday, and just from reading all the Arizona Cardinals beat reporters' tweets, they're all day-to-day. -day. Yeah, it means they're all playing. I mean, come on. <laughs> who are we kidding here? They're all playing. You know, you're right. Total gamesmanship, even from a guy who's only been in the NFL for a few years. It's it's so old. So been done. <laughs> um, um, so something else I'm curious about. A lot of new faces for this Chiefs team this year, right? No, no Tyreek Hill, no Tyron Matthew, several others, uh, you know, gone, replaced in part by you know, newcomers, especially from the draft class. How many, Herbie, what do you, how many, how many rookies are going to start on, um, on Sunday? Well, I, I think you're probably going to see Leo Chanel, Chanel, did I get it right, Jesse? <laughs> He's probably going to be out there with the linebackers alongside Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. Uh, Sky Moore, he's not necessarily going to start, but he'll see some time in the rotation. It would not surprise me if the Chiefs rolled out some kind of speed package to try to contain uh, that quarterback over there, Kyler Murray, who, who can do some damage outside. So maybe Carl Loftus gets a start. You know, it'd be interesting to see how the Chiefs devise that scheme inside. Oh, and so don't forget Jeff, McCuffey. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah, their, their first uh, draft pick. So, uh yeah, so Jesse, what 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 are some potential with all the new faces, right? Um, and playing in their first regular season game for the Chiefs, what are some of the things maybe you're going to look for early on in the season that 
um, you know, that, that might be a potential pitfall for a team that has a lot of new guys, or new, new wide receivers, new defensive backs, um, a lot of newness on this team. Yeah, this is definitely a team you could see getting better as the season goes on. And I think the number one thing on offense to me, and I've got a story coming out tomorrow at the Kansas City Star just about Patrick Mahomes prefers his receivers to run blurry lines of the playbook. And that means that there are lines you're supposed to run in the playbook, but he kind of wants you to break it off if that's not open. Or if there's a defender there, just stop and he'll find you. So he kind of is like a little bit, I compare it to pick and roll in basketball. Like you set the screen and then you adjust to what the defense does. And that's kind of what the Chiefs do on the fly in the NFL. But you've got all these new dudes. Like you got Sky Moore, you got Juju Smith-Schuster, you got Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, so are those guys going to react to Patrick Mahomes? And again, worst case scenario, are those mistakes going to end up as not just incompletions, but maybe interceptions? So can you avoid the big mistake as you're trying to do things as Patrick wants them done? And then defensively, you just got a lot of guys in new roles. I mean, Nick Bolton is the green dot. I mean, that, that's something Herbie can tell you. That's a big deal. I mean, that's a guy taking on a huge role in his second year. We expect him to be good this year, but we haven't seen it in regular season games, you know, him taking on that responsibility of full time. So there's that. Trent McDuffie, again, seems like he has a high floor, seems like he's been solid so far, but uh, Kyler Murray's got a really big arm. And sometimes when he breaks contain, he's kind of like Patrick Mahomes used to be. He was He's looking deep. He's looking down the field. And so, again, can these – I expect the Chiefs as a whole to be pretty good, but we know in the NFL mistakes lose you games. I mean, one turnover, one blown coverage, big plays. Uh, it's kind of like the three-pointers of the NBA or college basketball. Those are the things that can lose you a game. Uh, when things are basically even the rest of uh, what, what else is going on statistically. So that'll be what I'm watching with that. But they've got a lot of new faces. You talked about, Blair. They need those guys to be high floor guys, guys they can depend on. You're talking about George Karloftis, Brian Cook, Trent McDuffie. If they can just be reliable, I think they're okay. But, again, we don't know all of that until the, the real season kicks off, and that's why Sunday is going to be so intriguing. To, to Jesse's point about the wide receivers, understanding what Mahomes wants, I think Patrick Mahomes said something yesterday that kind of, like, caught my ear. He was asked, you have Justin Watson coming from Tom Brady, Juju Smith-Schuster coming from Roethlisberger, Marquez Valdez-Scantling coming from Aaron Rodgers, and if he's noticed the difference in these kinds of receivers who have played with elite quarterbacks, Mahomes said, essentially, I'm paraphrasing here, but when you get, quarter, when you get receivers like that who have played with some of these high-end, elite-type quarterbacks, they understand what the quarterback wants, and it's not just the route they anticipate if there's going to be some kind of improvising on the play. And I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Indeed. Uh, hey, so Rob asks, uh, Bills are getting a lot of national love. Who else will the Chiefs' biggest threat be in the AFC? Um, what, what do you think, Vahe? Well, I, I, I think uh, to me it still starts with the Bengals. I mean, it, it regardless of uh, – um, how they stack up with others. If they're a postseason team, they've been kryptonite to the Chiefs, right? So we'll see, and we'll get a glimpse of that uh, later in the season. Um, and I, I think, you know, sort of closer to home, I think one of the most intriguing teams in, in, on the Chiefs' schedule and in, in the AFC is, is the Chargers. We'll see, we'll see what, what comes with that. I think pretty advantageous for the Chiefs to have their first meeting with them be their uh, opener at Arrowhead. But um, – those are the first teams that come to mind along with the Bills, at, at least in the in the AFC. I'm with you on the Chargers. Um, uh, just the, 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 I think there's a plenty of talent on the Chargers roster. This, there was last year, too, and they, they missed the playoffs by 
uh, a bad coaching decision in the final game of the of the season, an overtime loss. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we've identified the, the Bills. I noticed the Bills are uh, getting all, all sorts of national attention. It's a big thing on, um, was it NFL Network, Jesse? Wasn't it uh, a lot of love for the Bills? And I'm not sure Chiefs fans should get upset about it, but it's social media. It's, you know, not Chiefs plus, uh, you know, type of uh, uh, argument. So people are going to get ticked off. I mean, the, the Bills are the favorites to win the Super Bowl. You know, if you go to Vegas right now, they have the shortest odds. So it's just not a slight to the Chiefs that the Bills are considered good. And, I mean, let's just be completely honest, guys. Like, last year, the Chiefs should have lost to the Bills, and they should have beat the Bengals. You know what I mean? And we have completely different discussions today if that's actually what happened. Now, it didn't happen, and the Chiefs did pull the rabbit out of the hat against the Bills. But the Bills looked plenty good against the Chiefs in those two meetings last year and, and definitely good enough to win both those games if Mahomes didn't have his magic. The Bills are a product of, you know, what the Chiefs are going to be seeing for the entirety of Patrick Mahomes' contract, which is you're going to see a, a different team pop up every three to four years that's that's the new challenger to the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are going to try and be the steady force that competes for the duration. But the Bills pushed all their chips in the middle of the table for this year. I mean, they signed a bad Von Miller contract, a 33-year-old defensive edge, um, specifically because they want to beat the Chiefs this year. And so you're going to see that, I think, like I said, over the duration of Patrick Mahomes' contract, where every two or three years, there's going to be a different team that, that's going to be the new hot team to pick. But there's legitimate reasons to think that the Bills are a really good team. And if you think the Chiefs are the second best team in football, which I'm in that category, that's not thinking that the Chiefs, you know, as, as it was asked to Patrick Mahomes yesterday, it's not slander towards the Kansas City Chiefs to think they might be the second-best team in the NFL this year. Hey, Sam, let me jump in real quick. If you're talking about those teams, too, think about when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 2019. What happened? They had their wizard quarterback. He was on a cheap deal. They went out and got the pieces they needed because this was the time to go for it. They went out and got Sammy Watkins. We're going to compare teams. That's the Chargers this year, right? They got Justin Herbert. He's on, what, his third year, right? Is that right? right. So, I mean, third yep. or fourth year. Uh, they went out and they got the J.C. Jacksons of the world. They went out and got the pieces. They, like the Bills, are tired of losing to the Chiefs. So like you said, they push their chips in. They're using some of that capital they have by having a really good, cheap, young quarterback. And again, so why would it be bad to look at this big picture and say, hey, this could be the Chargers' year? Uh, you know, I know there's question marks about them. I know that there's been a lot of analysts that pick them over time. But if you look on paper and look at their roster and look at what they did in the offseason, it's very similar to what the Chiefs did in 2019. That led to the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Such slander and hatred. Uh it, it is funny how how it's become, I mean, in a broader sense, right? Jesse, you had a good tweet about this yesterday, but the broader sense, like if you pick somebody else as the better team, it means you, you have hatred for uh, everything else. I think we, we know we're not in a very nuanced era anymore, but it's it's kind of the coin of the realm. And isn't it isn't didn't the entire AFC West just do what, what Sam suggested the Bills have done? They they went all in for this year, including um, you know, draft capital that the Chiefs piled up for this year and next. I, I just I think that the of, of the teams in the division, the Chiefs' window of opportunity, even though quarterback situation is pretty strong in the entire division, as Cody mentioned, you know Russell Wilson with the, with the Broncos, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr. Even though quarterback situations are just the, the teams feel comfortable with who they have there, 
the Chiefs, because of the moves that they made and, and, and the draft picks that they've stocked, are in a better, much better position to keep their window of championship opportunity open than the other teams in the division and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of the theme of this offseason for the Chiefs. They they came to that crossroads with the Tyree Kill deal to decide how long do they want this window to be open or do they want to be really good this year? You know, I I personally think that the Chiefs would be better off with Tyree Kill as opposed to that collection of receivers they currently have in the room. But not for next year because they would have lost him for free. Not for the year after, the year after, the year after if they had signed him for, you know, $28 million a year. That was the whole purpose of their offseason. What's interesting, though, about the way the Bills and specifically the Chargers built it is they attacked positions that they thought would match up well with the Chiefs. You know, when the Chiefs built this thing, it was let's just be the best team in the NFL. The Bills have just flat out acknowledged they're building their team, specifically with their safeties and now with adding Von Miller on the edge, to match up with the Chiefs. They feel like the Chiefs are the team to beat. They need to match up with them. And I think when you look at the Chargers edition, Jesse mentioned J.C. Jackson, but also Cleo Mack, I think it's the same way. They built their team specifically to mat- match up as well as they can with the Chiefs. It's I mean, complimentary. Me... I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a compliment whenever you see other teams doing that with based on the way your team is built and, and they're trying to build just to beat you. Yeah, let's be honest, Sam. I mean, the Chiefs have pissed everybody off. I mean, that's, that's what this is. The Bills are tired of losing the Chiefs. The Chargers are tired of losing the Chiefs. The Raiders are tired of losing the Chiefs. The Broncos are tired of losing the Chiefs. They're, they're tired of seeing Patrick Mahomes win all these awards and the Chiefs win all these games. So um, they stuck their neck out there this year and made some short-term decisions this offseason to try to chase down the Chiefs. And so, like you said, Sam, that's a compliment to the Chiefs, but yet uh, it is a reality the Chiefs have to face as the other teams are trying to catch up to them. Okay, let's go to a break. We're going to hear from First Federal Bank. I want to ask these guys when we come back, we're – they think the Chiefs got better or the Chiefs got worse at a position group uh, over last season. Okay, let's hear from First Federal. When I bought my first home, I was searching for listings and negotiating all on my own. Now I'm back in the housing market and I could not imagine doing that again. But then I found First Federal Bank of Kansas City's expert loan advisors at ffbkc.com. They were kind, knowledgeable, and available 24-7. My loan advisor answered my questions and helped me feel confident all the way through closing. I trust First Federal Bank because they understand banking is personal. Apply today for a home loan at ffbkc.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says Start a Subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We're back on Sportsbeat Live, presented by First Federal, and we're here with Vahe Gregorian, Jesse Newell, and Sam McDowell. Herbie Teope has left the building. He's on his way to uh, the Chiefs facility where he will be reporting from the day's news events, as well everybody else here in a few minutes. Herbie just has a little farther to go than the rest of us. So, all right, guys, um, let's, let, let me, uh, let's get to a couple questions here first. Um, what, um, uh, 
Brian is, says that uh, Leo Chanel starting is a little bit of a surprise based on his preseason playing time. Jesse, why don't you take that? What do you think? Um, uh, that's, of course, in, in a base defense. And, and um, you know, we, we saw Elijah Lee get more snaps in the preseason, didn't we? We did. We saw Leo Chanel make up a lot of ground late. Uh, and so we saw that in the third preseason game. I believe Chanel started in that one. The other part about this with Elijah Lee is Elijah Lee still currently on the practice squad. And so they haven't made the Blake Bell move yet. We anticipate that's going to be put Elijah Lee back on the active roster. But the Chiefs usually kind of hold the, the cards close to the vest on these sorts of games and don't make that move until late. So as of right now, you would expect Leo Chanel with what he did lately to take that base role. But as you mentioned, Blair, and, and this is something I wrote about earlier this week, the Arizona Cardinals under Cliff Kingsbury, they love their receivers. They love to throw receivers out on the field, kind of like an old spread offense in the Big 12. So the Chiefs might not be in base that much this game at all anyway. So um, he kind of fills that role for them. Might be kind of a limited thing, especially against Arizona. But uh, if they do start out that way, then I would expect Leo to be out there. Okay, let's look at the uh, position by position. Just kind of a quick thought uh, on on if, if the Chiefs improve – uh, that the position group over a year ago when they won their sixth straight division title, finished 12 and five, got to the AFC championship game for the fourth straight year, of course, lost the heartbreaker to the Bengals at Arrowhead Stadium. But I think it's a given that Patrick Mahomes um, and the quarterback group, although it's, it's a different group because um, Jane Bouchelle was part of it. Uh, let's, let's just uh, acknowledge that uh, Patrick Mahomes is a year better, year older, year older, year better. And uh, the quarterback is, is not impacted uh, by this. But wide receiver is in, in, a, in a big way with uh, it, it, four new uh, options for Patrick Mahomes this year, which means gone are Tyreek Hill and Byron Kringle, uh, Demarcus Robinson, and in are the players we mentioned, the four players we mentioned in the first part of the show, plus Sky Moore and um, – uh, and, and Watson, the, who came from Tampa Bay last year. Sam, what do you think? Did the Chiefs get better at wide receiver, worse, or is it going to take some time to determine that? Yeah, and it's, it's a difficult one because the, the bottom of the depth chart is clearly better, but you lost the top guy. So I think overall they're worse because I just think Tyreek Hill has, is that unique of a player. I think he's one of one. I don't think there's another guy like him in the NFL. I also think he – uh, he very evidently made defenses completely change the way they play the Chiefs, specifically because he was on the field. I don't think they have another receiver that fits that description. I wonder about the attention that Travis Kelsey's going to get as he turns 33 this year um, because Tyree Kill's not there. So I do think there's going to be situations, and uh, you know I've written about it um, pretty quickly after the Tyree Kill trade that. It, they're going to be aided by the fact that they're not going to be so predictable because Tyree Kill's not there. They're going to spread the ball around more. That's good for the quarterback. That may get defenses um, to to be out of to break out of their deep shells that they played the Chiefs last year, which would be a great thing for for the Chiefs. But overall, you know, on that group, I do think they're worse without Tyree Kill. Okay, what do you think, Vahe? Well, I I just. I just add, I, I think it's a clear step back in the moment you trade Tyree Kill. On the other hand, I think there's a chance for two steps forward out of it when you've got uh, a stronger base, you've got you know, a lot of experienced talent and yet new to this, right? So we don't know how it looks on this canvas. But I think the versatility 
I could be wrong, but I think the versatility is going to end up being pretty meaningful. And I do think they still have a couple guys that can take the lid off. It's not Tyree kill speed, but I think they've got a couple guys that can do that and open the field up a little bit. The other thing I just sort of came to mind now, they were really plagued by a lot of drop passes last year. And let's see, let's see how this gets cleaned up a little bit um, with, with this group. And maybe, maybe it won't be, but that was a factor last season. Well, and early on, the deflected interception was too much with the Chiefs, right? Balls going off of hands and shoulder pads and uh, in, into the arms of uh, – Mahomes had like seven interceptions in the first five or four or five games, which is just so so unusual for him. And, of course, that, that got cleaned up as the, as the year went on. Um, how about running back? That, that's kind of a kind of an interesting position group this year, and not a, not a ton of change. But the addition of Isaiah Pacheco and the fact that the Chiefs kept four running backs instead of three, and only five wide receivers instead of six. What does that? I don't know, Sam. What does that tell us about what what the Chiefs might be thinking? And are they are they better off at running back this year? Look, I, I don't mind taking a shot, but um, I'm going to pass this one because uh, Jesse has been all over a couple. Oh, of I know. He's our Mr. Uh, running Back editor. I gotta, so. I gotta, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to ha- just have the assist on this one to Jesse here. I, I just figured, Sam, I was wanting you to talk about all the great things Isaiah Pacheco can do and all the great things. Well, that's why I was so short. short. That's why my comment was so short. That's, <laughs> that's what I was listening. I'm just <laughs> waiting for all your glowing comments about how you love Isaiah Pacheco. He's obviously going to be the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh Running back is probably about the same, uh, you know, I, it's, a, it's a weakness on this team. I mean, I, right now it's a weakness, and we've talked a little bit about this before, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire, they got to see something this year, and I think early in the season they're going to figure out whether when he's healthy he can be an effective NFL running back, and if not, they need to start moving on from there because first-round pick or not, they're giving other opportunities for playing time to him, and that's actively hurting them in particular – run plays if he's not able to produce because so far in his career, he hasn't been able to stay healthy and he hasn't been an explosive back and he hasn't helped him out of the backfield as a pass catcher. So, you know, it's, it's put up or shut up time for Clyde Edwards Lair. And listen, I love talking to him. I love hearing what he says and it really sounds like he has battled injuries, but he's got to show it. I mean, it's got to, it's time for him to come into a season healthy and to produce the way that they expected him to when he came in. Isaiah Pacheco, again, I, Sam likes to pretend I'm like, like I'm the hype guy on Isaiah Pacheco. I think he's really big. I think he's really fast. I think he has the skill set to be a good back, and he's caught everything in training camp. I think we've talked about this a lot. His vision is not there yet. Now, can you simplify things? Can you make it a power run game and say, hey, you follow this guy on your run and only do that and maybe cut down the reads you have? You potentially can do that. Uh, And I've always been the Ronald Jones hype guy. I wrote about him in June about how he could help this offense. I think this, though, is kind of bigger picture philosophically for the Chiefs because We've seen them run a lot of zone plays and a lot of RPOs, which is basically like, hey, clear out the guy in front of you, still can be a passing play, that sort of thing. When their offensive line, they have some maulers. They have guys like Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, uh, Orlando Brown, who like to go out and hit people. And so you would you would think that the strength there would be to pull those guys around, get some counter plays going, like we saw in the third preseason game against uh, the Packers, then get your downhill backs like Pacheco and Jones with one field of vision, getting them downhill and having them put some punishment on some linebackers and safeties. But the Chiefs have been hesitant to do that. They've mostly run in the past kind of that zone run game where it's a little bit of a, 
a, a hybrid of, of the passing game, if you will, because you can still run RPOs off of it. So the question to me is whether they're going to change a lot of what they did last year to go to more of a power run game because you don't have Tyreek Hill. And now you have some more physical receivers in Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS who potentially can block better as well. So this might be more of a big picture thing, but I think overall the running backs remain a weakness or at least a question mark for this team. And this is put up or shut up time for Clyde Delaire. They need to figure out if he can play or not. Okay, Jesse, I'm going to put you down for the under with the over-under of Clyde Edwards-Alaire rushing totals. It's 700 is what I saw. Uh, and I, I actually don't hate the over because I think they're giving him every opportunity. I think he is the clear number one back right now, but he's got to show it the first few weeks. I mean, th- they have basically handed him the keys. So he's got to take him and run with it and not get hurt. But right now that's an unknown. It's an uncertainty. Would be the rare uh, you know, draft pick and a first-rounder at that if – who didn't pan out for the Chiefs uh, over the last few years, if, if it doesn't work out for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, I want to skip to a, a, a position group on the defensive side, and that is linebacker. Uh, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr., and apparently Leo Chanel, at least uh, listed as a starter for the season opener. Um, are, we, are we in agreement that this is a better linebacking group than what the Chiefs put on the field last year? And if so, why? Yeah, I think it's addition by subtraction. I mean, I, I think they were too slow at this spot. You know, when the Chiefs talked about their defense being too slow, they could pinpoint this position, specifically the mic. You know, it was either Anthony Hitchens or Ben Neiman. Now Nick Bolton's at the mic. And speed is not Nick Bolton's strength, but him being at the mic means Willie Gay is going to be on the field a heck of a lot more often than he was last year. And that's certainly one of his strengths. So the simple answer for why the linebackers are better is just speed. Yeah, it's about depth too right now, Sam. I mean, if those two guys stay healthy, you got to love where the Chiefs linebackers are. If you if you got Willie Gay and Nick Bolton in there, they look like they're in line for breakout years. You just got to hope they stay healthy and the Chiefs don't have to get further down the depth chart. And I, look, I, I echo those sentiments. I mean, I, Blair and I were speaking with, with a group earlier, and and I guess I used the term that it, it's the first time in a while I think you could feel a little excited about the, the Chiefs linebackers. I, I, I'm really intrigued by them. On the other hand, when you make the point about uh, Leo Chanel, then you think to yourself, well, if that's indeed the, the starting trio in, in the base, uh, you got a total of three years NFL experience among the three of them, right? Two, one, and zero. So um, could that be exploited? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, I, I'm excited to see them, them play and develop. Gosh, and, and Willie Gay, remember what he said about his first year with the Chiefs, how lost he was. So, um uh, but but yes, what I really like about the at least the the Bolt and Gay combination is their ability to you know to be run stoppers and uh, and succeed in pass coverage. I think the the potential for that is there for those guys. Let's go to let's quickly go to the secondary safeties and cornerbacks. This is where youth will be served for the Chiefs. When we talk about uh, rookie starters, uh, you know the, the, the prop, Trent McDuffie, of course, and and I think. Playing time for Brian Cook and certainly uh, on the field in, in um, you know, in nickel packages, uh, Joshua Williams, uh, Jalen Watson. Th- this is uh, this is a fascinating position group to me, Sam. Yeah, so this is going to be a little bit of a cop out answer, but I think they're going to be worse in the first month and then better by the end of the year than they were last year. Um, I think Justin Reed will get to where Tyron Matthew was, but I think can't have the leadership qualities Tyron Matthew had because he does not, he's not as familiar with the defense. I mean, Tyron Matthew had played that defense for three years. We saw in his first year, it took the Chiefs a while to get where they wanted to be. Um, I think McDuffie could be Charverius Ward. I just think it, you know, 
a rookie in his first NFL start, it's a, it's, it's a lot of pressure to put on that guy. Um, you know, Fenton's probably going to be playing on the outside. I still think that's a question mark. So overall, you know, I think they'll be better than they were at the end of last year. I just don't think it's going to be in week one. Yeah, I think, Sam, to echo that, I also think you kind of wonder about the addition by subtraction again. And Daniel Sorensen might be in the Chiefs' ring of honor someday. He made some of the biggest plays in Chiefs history. And yet last year, I think we all know he was one of the biggest problems that they had on the back end. So um, we'll, we'll see kind of how all that balances out. But it's sort of what we talked about with the window. Like for Brett Veach to make this play and trade Tyreek Hill and to get these guys in the secondary and to seem like he hit on some of these draft picks, you feel really good about their potential prospects in three or four years or even at the end of this year. How that looks against Arizona in week one, you hold your breath a little bit. Okay, so just to wrap it up, John asks, can you name a, 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 a position, and I guess a single position that got worse from last year? I think we'd agree wide receiver one and um, safety one, at least early on uh, with, with the Chiefs. So, um, But when it comes to position groups, uh, I, I don't see much drop-off. I think what will have changed for the Chiefs when we, when we add it all up at the end of the year is division competition got better. And, um, and and teams like the Bills and the Bengals stayed good. And if the Chiefs end up with a worse record than last year, I, I you know I, I don't think we'll be talking about how they got crushed because Tyreek Hill wasn't here or Tyron Matthew wasn't here. Um, it, it will be because opposition got better. Chiefs have the most difficult schedule. Uh, I, I don't know what the what what do the analytics say about the Chiefs' schedule? Is it one or two? In no, terms of it's, a difficult it is it is a gap between one and two. I mean, they are so far ahead of the rest of the league and and difficulty this year. I mean, it's like historically difficult. The first eight teams they play had winning records last year. Then you get Jacksonville. Then you have to go to the Chargers, and you get the back to back Super Bowl participants from last year. So I mean, it's just it's the most difficult schedule I've seen uh, for the for the first three months here. Real quick, I'll be the guy that brings it up, but uh, I think you got to throw a tight end on there too, just because Travis Kelsey has been so good for so long. I mean, I, I love to bring this up, but he is the same age as Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski retired, for a then came back time. to the NFL, and then retired again. And now we're just expecting Tyree, Travis Kelsey to walk out there and be the best tight end in the NFL again. They're probably going to have to limit his snaps. He probably won't be able to do quite as much as he did. And I mean, nobody wants to talk about it, but a decline is going to come. I mean, age comes for everybody. And so uh, we'll see with that position and how much, how productive he can be and how healthy he can remain because he's been really healthy throughout his career, but also something to talk about and something to watch because I don't think you can just Sharpie in Travis Kelsey for, you know, 1,200 yards anymore and 100 catches. Uh, Health-wise and body-wise, they might have to limit him a little bit. But they do like Noah Gray. That's something that we, we did see from training camp and in the preseason games. And Noah but, Gray seems, even though I was a little skeptical. But you don't there, yeah. Even though <laughs> I was a little skeptical, um, I, I, I have been convinced. And uh, and, and I, maybe he ends up being a, a legitimate pass-receiving threat at tight end two that the Chiefs haven't had. Uh, you could say Demetrius Harris, but I, I don't even – that wasn't much. So, um, all right, guys, we, we – gone over our allotted time, which is a great thing because there was a lot to talk about, and there will be much, much more to discuss after Sunday's game. We're going to start probably around 8 p.m. Central and hope everybody can tune in then, and we're going to rehash uh, the Chiefs opening game over the Arizona Cardinals. All right, before we go, uh, just give me a victory total prediction for the Chiefs uh, this year. Not, you know, just how many wins do the, do the Chiefs have? 
And, and if they're not going to make the playoffs, let me know that. But I, I, I'll start and say I, I think they're an 11-win team and then they're in the playoffs. Jesse, what do you say? What do you think? 10-7, and seven, get a wild card with the AFC. Chargers win the division, but nobody wants to face the Chiefs at the end of the season once the back-end rookies and then also the receivers figure out what, what, what Mahomes is doing. Mahomes has never played a, a road playoff game, so that would be interesting. All right, Sam. Man, uh, Jesse's going to be added to the, uh, the the Twitter dial today <laughs> as far as taking the under on the Chiefs. Um, I've got him at 12-5. and five. All right, bye. I got him at 12 and five also, but all different results than McDowell's just to differentiate. Um, also, well, that would be, that would be five and 12 by So nice try. Yeah. Okay. All different ways to get in there. And I, I think uh, something like a, a possible three-way tie in the, in the West, but they win it with the tiebreaker and then uh, um, we'll see them at home. Who's the third team? Uh, I'm not sure yet. These are all theoretical. These are all theoretical. Okay. I just want to create confounding situations to to ponder. All right. Thanks for putting so much thought into this. Right behind. We we didn't have a big show prep today, but uh, rest assured, we will continue to not have show prep in the future. <laughs> I know I need the remedial next week, so I'm here for you. All right. Great catching up with you again. Uh, really looking forward to this Chief season, especially with uh, with Jesse Newell, Vahager Gorey, and Sam McDowell, Kirby Tiope. Uh, big thanks to our producer, Monty Davis, George Howard on the assist, and props to First Federal for their sponsorship of our show. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Take care. That'll do it for today. Thanks to Monty Davis and George Howard for producing today's show and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A salute to our sponsor, First Federal. Their website is ffbkc.com. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, Jesse Newell, and Herbie Teope for sharing their insights. Morning Sports Edition was 40 pages today, full of coverage about the Chiefs, the NFL, the Royals' walk-off victory over Cleveland, the U.S. Open, tennis tournament, and much more. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.